Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. You ever had a moment where you realized if I knew then what I know now, things would look totally different? I would have been way further ahead. I would have dodged that particular heart wound. I would have dodged that particular relationship. I wouldn't have taken that job. I would have saw that that supervisor was who she was from the beginning. I would have went ahead and not talked to such and such, not let such and such get close. I should have never moved to that side of town. I should have never. And you're literally like, yo, if I knew then what I know now, things would be different. That is exactly where I'm at. And let me preface it for you. I always thought that people who get to a certain age and accumulate this thing called the midlife crisis, that the reason why they were bugging out is because, you know, they were getting closer to the end of age or whatever, and they just decided, uh, yeah, I'm just going to look a little reckless. Because the way that midlife crisis was posed to me or my understanding thereof of it was someone regressing someone becoming very uh irresponsible like bro why'd you decide to get the motorcycle with the glutes cut out the leather pants rather like you wanted the leather you wanted to be like the biker prince like the, the artist formerly known as like what what are we going for here that they start doing stuff like they want to date somebody younger and they want to it's like what what are you doing and i believe that the unfortunate coin of midlife crisis is just a person getting to a certain point of their life and realizing that they are not content, that they are not satisfied, that they are not happy. And so they're going to all these different measures that appear to be irresponsible on the outside because inwardly they are starved. The plant of life in their soul is withering and they're trying to go to any any terms to get the water and the sunlight that they feel like they need. And I believe that that is just a poor display of someone truly trying to find their happiness. I think that with time and with wisdom and with life, you start to see that happiness is not accumulated by a certain vocation, that you can't go on vacation that there is not a bar drink you can consume. That there is not a relationship, a title, a ring, a car, a house, a child. There is nothing externally that will ever feed that ever need for contentment, satisfaction, and just overall happiness except one thing. I have discovered why people are not happy. And coming across this was just like a, wait a minute. Oh my gosh, I get it. I literally, I don't even want to waste no time. I want to go right to Matthew 6. Because I feel like it is a little bit of an embarrassment that the answers are in <laughs> the Bible. And we go to self-help books. We go to any of the social media platforms. We get life coaches. We even go to our friends who seem to have it all or whoever we admire or look up to. And we aspire to go ahead and ascertain what they have. And we go to all these different measures. And God is like, <clears throat> Which, whenever you're ready, big dog, I'm here. And, and it's like, oh, it's, it's a little embarrassing. 
It's a little embarrassing. So I just want to read Matthew 6. You know, I read in the NLT version, right? And I want to start from verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. 20. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. 21. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. 22. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. 23. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. 24. No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. 25. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? 26. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? 27. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? 28. And why worry about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. 29. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. 30. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers, that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? 31. So don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? 32. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. 34. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's troubles is enough for today. Pause. I get it, God. I get it now. I get it. We have lived a life where we were able to go ahead and have heart's desires and the things that you want to do is true. If they're good and, and pure and of good motives and intents, and it was placed in your heart by God, and those desires were supposed to drive you to God and say, so what is the plan that you have for my life so that I can see these heart's desires come into fruition? You were supposed to have the heart's desires be the courtness that drives you back to God for the plan so that you can go ahead and work out the plan with God. But instead, what we have done is we've had heart desires and said, hmm, and we decided to choose the vehicle, choose the coordinates, choose all the other different paths. And then as we're going along, we roll down our window like, God, hop in. I got somewhere we getting ready to go. And God is like, I'm sorry. Time out. I get it. That's why you see celebrities that get to a certain level of fame and they get all the things and you have an interview where you asking them like, are you happy? Like, how does it feel to be the hottest, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they still like, eh, this wasn't it. 
I ain't gonna hold you. I thought the money would make you feel better. I thought the big house would make you feel better. I thought the car, the girls, the and the fame, the you know, household name situation. It's not it. And it's because, and I said this before, and I'll say it again because it's worth repeating because it's, it's brand new news to me. Your happiness is literally the nucleus of your purpose. Like, yo, if you are working in your purpose, if you're doing the things that God called you to do, a byproduct of you operating in your purpose is happiness. The byproduct of you operating in your calling, in your wiring is happiness. What people are trying to do is polar opposite. They're going out into the external world trying to find the happiness and then going back to a plan that has no purpose and you're working that. You're staying at that job because you have an idea of where you want to be financially. You have an idea of how you want to live. You have an idea of how you want to change maybe even your generation to come. And you have an idea of what that looks like. So then with your bright idea, you went out and pinpointed, okay, so this is how I'm going to work this particular heart desire. This is how I'm going to work out this plan. And then along the way, you're praying, God, I hope they, you know, I do well with the interview. God, I hope they go ahead and hire me. God, I hope I get the promotion. God, I hope. And you never once checked in to say, Hey God, real quick, is this how you want to bring forth the desire of, of my heart? Is this how you want me to go ahead and carry out this particular mission and in the calling that you have on my life? You have a desire to be a wife. And you went ahead and popped on, okay, so this is what my wedding's going to look like. This is what the dude's going to be. This is how many kids we going to have. And you got the whole plan and you rolled down your window and was like, Hey God, get in. Because marriage is a God thing. Something wrong with wanting to be married. Absolutely. But did you ever check to say, hey, God, who is it that you want me to be in covenant with? Because marriage is not a fulfillment of happiness. Marriage is a fulfillment of covenant and purpose. God places two people together because together what they're going to do for the kingdom is going to be absolutely outrageous that they cannot do individually. They can do it individually, but the impact will be phenomenal when they come together. What the deacon said, I'm a movement by myself, but I'm a force when we're together. Mm -mm -mm -mm. baby girl you make me better like seriously god god was the og of that like it, it probably sounded a little bit different when he wrote the trap but he definitely is the og of it he's the originator they sampled okay like i need you to go back and say yo Instead of you getting frustrated that somebody, they didn't keep their word to you. And, you know, he said he was going to marry you. And, or the friend said that they was going to be there. It's going to be your A1. Or the job didn't hire you. Or that particular tangible item, you know, it fell through financing. Well, I need you to go back and say, oh, I think I'm probably pursuing something that's not in God's will for me. Because if it's in God's will for me, it would I would have it. The Bible says that he will supply all your need. And so God is not a man that he shall lie. So if I don't have it then it wasn't for me and if I it's not for me then it's not mine and so what I'm actually doing is standing in somebody else's shoes trying to get somebody else's blessing wondering why God is not responding to me because that's not the plot point that he has for me when I literally read this I was like sir time out you would save so much time. People would save so much time. I would have saved so much time had I already know this is how you are not to live 
Because there's one thing about me, my husband would tell you, I am a do not and do grandbaby. Give me a checklist, I will check it, sir. <laughs> what would you want checked? Pins ready, okay? Notes stapled, whatever you need. I am ready to do what is not to be done, okay? And that's literally it. And what does the first up uh, in Matthew 6, 19, what is to start off with? What's the first word? Don't store up treasures here on earth, okay? Where moths eat them and the rust destroys them. Okay, so if God is telling you not what not to do, he's also going to tell you exactly what to do. The next verse says, store your treasures up in heaven. Okay, because where your treasure is, the desires of your heart will be there also. Got you. Then he goes the extra mile to say, can I, and I, can I go ahead and tell you something? You can't do both. Well, what do you mean? Uh, 24, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. I'm going to give you an example of this real quick. I watched this show with my husband, uh, married at first sight. And I don't remember what season I think it's either 12 or 13. Mm, one of those. And there was a pairing of a couple. The guy's name was Chris. The female's name is Paige. You can look it up. Chris literally uh, said in one of his testimonials, I was like, oh, that he is an ordained pastor and that he was preaching in his hometown, Chicago. He was doing all the things, doing God's work. But he literally said, but it wasn't no money there. And so he chose to go down to Florida to be a car salesman to live in his car. And so he was homeless for, I think, about four months. And then after that, he navigated and plot pointed and did whatever needed to be done and wind up finding himself to be one of the youngest black franchisers. And I believe it was for with Subways. And he was very flashy. You know, he he wanted all the flashiness. So he got the cars and, you know, he dressed a certain way and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, you know, he wanted the wife that was going to be a trophy wife. Cause he just wanted to look like on the outside that he's well off. Well, uh, the experts paired him up with Paige and, and Paige, let's just say between Rachel and Leah, she, she was given Leah in his eyes. He, she, the sparkle wasn't there. And immediately when she walked down the aisle, he was like, oh, explicit beep, if you will. And what I was able to see in Chris was that he lacked happiness. There was no contentment in him. He was emotionally fragile. There was multiple times that he was crying within the process that he was trying to piece together things. He looked like a man of confusion because he was with his ex and she got her pregnant. And I mean, it's a whole thing. Like the drama is there. Okay. And just to watch it unfold. And there was so much discontentment in him. And that's because he literally was a perfect depiction of this particular verse. No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. So in case you're not really picking up what the Bible is saying, go ahead and continue with the next sentence. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Because a byproduct of chasing money 
is that you tell God, excuse me, I know you have a purpose for me. I know you got a calling on my life. I know you did all that before I was even even born, um, before social security numbers was even even established. But um, I got something that I want to do. I got a vision that I see for my life, and I'm going to go ahead and go this way. And what people don't understand is that a byproduct of prosperity is operating in your purpose. A byproduct of prosperity, wealth, all the things is operating in your purpose. How do you know? Glad you asked because your gift will make room for you. That if you walk with wisdom, you will get honor and favor with both God and man. That literally the Bible keeps saying all these different things. And it's like, yo, I just want to know your heart is in the right place. I just want to know that you want to fulfill the things and the plans that I have for your life. But when it starts looking like, oh God, I got it. You stay over there. Um, matter of fact, I'll just go ahead and build this golden calf real quick. I'm going to worship over here. I'm going to keep trying to do a godly thing in my own way. And what you don't understand is that when you put your hand on God's plan and God's hand is not over that, you destroy whatever it is that he had intended. Like it could have been great. It could have been a good thing, but you left with unto yourself and your own thoughts and your own provisions and your own way of thinking about something. You'll be the same person while Moses is up getting the tablets from from God on my olive, you'll be the same person that was once wearing gold. Now you're collecting it because you want to go ahead and worship a golden calf. You don't understand enough of what God is trying to do. The best thing that you can do is say, God, I'm present for however you want to lead me there. Because these heart desires, I realize I can't get me there. Literally, he's like the sole purpose for why you chasing everything anyway is to meet your need. And don't you understand that the sole purpose of God even leading you anywhere is because he knows that he knows how to fulfill your need. He knows how to go ahead to, to your satisfaction because people will come along and they'll eh, they'll scratch the surface, but they can't really do it. The job will, eh, you know, the drink will, eh, the vacation will like everything is close. It adds to, but it's not fulfillment. Only God knows the measure exactly of what it is that you need that's why in psalms 23 he says that when he fills you with oil your cup runneth over no one else can fill you like that nothing else can fill you like that and the reason why you're not happy is because you're not letting God fill you. You're running around playing a spiritual game of whack-a-mole, trying to go ahead and get the things that come up. Oh, you ha you have a need here? Okay, let's go over here and do that. Oh, there's another need? Let's go get another job. Oh, you, you feeling lonely? Well, let's go ahead and call such and such. And you're trying to fulfill your need and trying to go ahead and play the again the spiritual game of whack-a-mole when you're not realizing step away from the board and go to the person who created you and say, I need to be filled. I thought all these different things and chasing these different things were going to get it. And it's not. I get Ecclesiastics. It's like chasing the wind, sir. Like this ain't, this ain't fulfillment. And then the key, major key, as the Deacon Callet said, was literally in 33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. I never understood nor appreciated this scripture until this very moment in my life. How I used to read that was um, keep making sure that you speak to God in the morning, that you read your scripture, 
that you know when, when you budget and you put God first there, when you, like whatever it is that you need to go ahead and um, do, just like try to make sure that you keep putting God first in your life. And then, um, yeah, everything else will kind of fall in place. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Okay, I do that. I make sure that I talk to him. I make sure that, uh, you know, I try not to do it because it says and live righteously. So I try to make sure that I'm living according to what God can honor because uh, above anything else, I want to make sure that I have a blessable character, right? And he will give you everything you need. Okay, so if I do this plus that, then I will have everything I need. Okay, cool. But until this moment, it took a different spin. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. God was like, let me ask you something. From what you know about what I've shown you about yourself and you spending time with me and you reading and doing all the things, what have I shown you that your purpose is? I'm like, okay, I have the gift of encouragement. I also have a gift of hurt to help people who are hurting. I have the gift. He was like, cool. Now that you know that. I need you to come to me and ask me, how do I want you to carry out your purpose on earth? And I want you to live in a way that's so righteous that I can bless the avenues that you decided to go ahead and use your purpose on earth. And a byproduct of you living out and walking out my purpose for your life It's literally you seeking kingdom. You are bringing the kingdom on earth. You are bringing a kingdom value and honor and all of that by the way that you carry it out on earth. And a byproduct of that is, and he will give you everything you need. Because when Jesus sent them out two by two, what did he tell them to bring class? Nothing. I'm sending you out. Come on, Holy Spirit. I'm sending you out for the purpose that I have for you, for the purpose that I've already had for you, for the purpose of the kingdom. Everything that I'm sending you out for, everything that I wired you for, every purpose that I planted in you is to go ahead and add value to the kingdom. So as I'm sending you out, you bring nothing, but I will fulfill your every need. Literally, Jesus told them where to stay, who to stay with. Don't bring that. Do this. It was so clear. And it was all for the mission of what? Of bringing out the purpose into the earth for seeking the kingdom to make sure that, yo, whatever I'm doing, God, is just bringing glory and honor to you. Whatever I'm doing is it fulfilling the purpose that you have for me. Whatever it is that I'm doing, is it me? Am I making sure that I'm living righteously? Because God bless them and I don't judge nobody's grandbaby, but I don't know how you can make songs like that and then get on the podium and say, first, I want to go ahead and give honor and glory to God. Really? And they had to bleep out 75% of the song on the radio. Oh, okay. I mean, listen, if that's how you've seen it, but what if God low key gave you an anointing for music, gave you an anointing for spoken word, gave you an anointing for whatever. And you chose the vehicle of, I'm going to do it in a way that has explicit words. That doesn't bring honor to my body. That doesn't bring honor to anyone who's listening to it, that it has to be censored just for regular people to hear it in their car. And so at this point, yeah, um, but I want to bring all glory and honor. Don't bring glory and honor with that. 
I mean, again, God can go ahead and use a donkey. The, the rocks will cry out all that, but, um, you chose to use your particular gift and your particular purpose wrapped up in a way that it's not righteous. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I, I wonder why I'm not happy in this particular portion of celebrity. You, you're wondering, you're wondering why you went ahead and got the promotion and you worked all them years and you did all those things and you're not happy. And it's because. The creator knows what he created you for. The creator knows what he put in you. The creator knows exactly what it is. Like, do you, have you ever opened up something and you wasn't particularly clear on like, I don't understand. And then you opened up the instruction and it was like, Hey, don't do this. Don't have it near that because it's flammable. Don't do a, B and C, D and to get the best output for why this thing was made in the first place. You may want to put this type of light bulb in it. You may want to go ahead and fill it up with this kind of gas. You may want to go ahead and put it here. You may want to go ahead and position it there. And then you will have the benefit of why the creator created this in the first place. The same thing goes for you. God has literally given you a gift. It is a gift. It is a gift that you're supposed to use for the world. It is a gift that will make room for you in the world. It is a gift that's going to solve a problem. And it's a gift that you are passionate about using because it's your purpose anyway. And when you go ahead and continue to unwrap the, the duffel bag of you, I always say that you are a duffel bag. So many people carry themselves through life and they never look at their contents. And so when you go to God and you actually sit down with him and say, what's this? Oh, okay. So that's why I'm passionate about blah, blah, blah. And that's why that infuriates me. And that's why I get a little stirred up when people start talking about that. And I got to pull myself away because I'm connected to it differently. And that's why I can't be in certain environments. And that's why you start to understand yourself more. Because the more that you understand why you were created, the more you'll understand the problem that you were supposed to solve on earth. And the more that you go ahead and pursue that particular solving that equation, the more you bring honor to the kingdom and, and glory to God, the more that you start to actually see, oh my gosh, I have everything I need. I have everything I need. The extra stuff that actually gets the moths and it can get destroyed by rust and all, all that other extra stuff is just accessories. It's just the sprinkles to the cake. But you'll always be fed because one thing I learned about the gift is that you're helping other people. It helps you. Like literally it's like, yo, this, this feels good to do this because that's what you were created to do. God didn't give you a gift that you wouldn't enjoy giving out to the world. God didn't give you a purpose that you would be bored with. God, like I, I heard on a, on the meme the other day and I was like, this, this is low key preaching and somebody don't even know. They said, when you work hard and it's not your passion it's stress. But when you work hard in your purpose it's passion. I have seen myself stay an hour somewhere that does not fill me and felt extremely exhausted and wanted to go home. And yet there are times that I had to pull myself away from the thing that I was working on, the thing that I was creating, because I'm like, I got to get to sleep. But it, I was so excited. I was so full that I didn't even really look at the time and time flies when you in purpose because it's fun, because it's filling because it brings contentment, because it brings satisfaction. That is why God is like, I need you to be real clear. 
I'm going to give you two lanes. I'll put before you life and death. Choose life. I give you two lanes and I give you the answer. I put before you life and death. Choose life. Because he's also telling you, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. You cannot serve two masters. You can't have in your mind you're going to be the first however near. Millionaire, billionaire, trillionaire. You're going to go ahead and yeah, you're going to get that BMW. And, you're going, and you got all these different things. And you got a plan. And you got a way that you're going to get there. And God is like, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I'm not going to compete with your plan. I'm not going to compete with the thing that you're trying to ascertain. I'm not going to compete with that. So I'm going to make it real clear in verse 24. No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. Yeah, it's no in-between. It's no, no, but I like you kind of. No, no, there's no in-between. What you need to understand is that you're going to either be in love with what God is doing or you're going to be against what God is trying to do. And I need you to understand that the reason why you're not happy is because you have not pursued it the way that God wants you to pursue it. God is literally saying, and if you were unclear, you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. You can't because when you serve God, there's a freedom. When you serve God, it's next level. When you serve God, it's unlocking. The Bible says that he who is free is free indeed. But when you run after money, you got to keep running for that. Do you know that money is tied to numbers and numbers is infinite? It will always keep going. So when will be enough? When would it be like, okay, I already achieved that. Okay, you know what? I'm satisfied now. There will never be because when you have money as your palate, your taste buds will never be satisfied. When you swap that over for God, he will fill you with purpose. Only God can make you see, okay, on day one, all you got to do is say, let there be light. And then you're satisfied. You're done that you can do things and, and kind of increase from day one to day six. But after day six, you're done. I need you to rest. Only God can show you how to carry out your purpose in a way that doesn't exhaust you in a way that doesn't have you running all over the place in a way that you can be content and be filled and also be restful busyness is of the devil nothing about being booked and busy is of God unless there is a process in it that allows you to rest that allows you to hear God that allows you to ebb and flow imagine being so booked and busy you don't have time to read no Bible that you don't have time to actually sit aside and hear God that you're so busy that God's voice is so silent that it sounds like you in a stock market and God is not going to raise his voice to be in competition with what you want to pay attention to you're not happy because you're doing it wrong. And how are you doing it? Opposite of what God has. You chose the mission. You chose the exit plan. You chose the plot point, And you're like, all right, God, bless it. And God is like, I just told you I already have a plan for you. Did you read Jeremiah 29, 11? Like, did you read the fact that I already sorted out a plan? It's almost like going to the cake box people or whoever's making, you know, Pillsbury or whatever and saying, hey, I have an idea for your cake. And they like, I already have a plan for that cake. I already have the measurements of what is needed, how many eggs is needed, whatever else is the ingredients. We already have it all laid out. So you have one or two choices. You can either follow the way that we said this should be orchestrated and carried out so that you can get our perfected plan for this particular cake or you're more than willing to struggle and do it by yourself but I'm gonna go ahead and tell you I already had a plan before you even had the idea for your life like literally that's what God is saying can you imagine going up to God and saying hey um I didn't create me nor did I create the people around me nor did I create the ideas that you're actually giving me but I have an idea that I would like for you to yield to um whatever it is that you planned yet yeah, I probably was cute but I have a better plan like oh the audacity <laughs> the audacity 
Mm, okay. Um, so like, do you realize that that's wrong now? Do you realize that your soul is doing something kind of knocking on the door and the windows of your heart? And they're like, listen, I don't want to live like this no more. I don't want to see other people winning in low key, which you don't understand that it's not envy. It's not jealousy. It's your soul saying, I want to live free like that. I want to do what my calling is. I want to just be free to do whatever, because maybe you've been deceived to think that freedom equals you not kind of living the best life. But who told you that who said you can't be prosperous in your purpose who told you that you can't have exactly what it is that's in your heart but just do it God's way and you'll get more than that like who told you that there will be a lack whenever you doing something of God who told you that who told you you were naked it's a lie who told you that who told you that it's a lie and my grandmother said not to say lies so I'm feeling her spirit slap me in the face low key so I'm gonna say it's a story it's a fib okay because I'm grown and I still feel my grandmother have a nice day. It's between me and the Lord. But there are some things that God is trying to bring through you. But he's not going to fight you to be first in your life. So he's so awesome that he actually just gave you the option. And then told you what the reward would be if you did it that way. Matthew 6.33 Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Choose God the way that God wants you to do it, and watch how this thing pop off. You're not happy because you're not doing it the way that God said to do it. Because what God is, there is no lack. What God is, there is no lack. Where God is, there is no lack. So you need to go back and ask him, is this the way you wanted me to do it? Did I, did I step to the left real quick and um, did I cast my net to the left? And you said, uh-uh, you didn't catch nothing all night, did you, Peter? Right. Um, I'm not going to say go deeper. I'm not going to say go further. I'm not going to say change boats. I'm not going to say, well, you should have chosen another day. I'm going to just tell you, you close, no cigar. Um, cast your net to the right. It's as simple as just adjusting how you were doing a thing. You may be doing what you were supposed to do, but how you're doing it is wrong. What's my challenge to you? Uh, exactly what we've just been talking about for the last 48 minutes. And it's not been 48, so don't look down your phone like, 48 minutes? No, we haven't been on the phone that long. I'm just teasing. But do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, we, we've been deceived. But it's okay, because we up now. <laughs> we woke, as the people say. We, we woke now. You understand? But listen, I feel like you got what you needed. Mm -hmm. You know what these conversations are, right? Yeah, they are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person is going to have with you, but who your favorite homegirl. Listen, real short and sweet, www.created, the number two, multiply.com for all the things. Um, I'm serious about this thing called life, and I'm serious about this thing um, that he called abundant life, and we're going to get there, period, Pooh, Do you understand that? All right, I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. I was actually repotting one of my plants, and um, I don't want them to think that I left them like an orphan. Uh, that's just not my, my heart's desires. But you and I, we'll talk later, okay? All right, later. <laughs>